Okay, good morning everybody. Welcome to what? Breakfast in a class. <laughs> so today's breakfast is dedicated for Mother's Day. And it's the men who are eating. And the men who are having breakfast, then we could go make breakfast for our wives. It should be the Lishman, my mom, Delbat Victoria, and Rafuasha, my mother in law. Fegaliba Bat Edel, and my wife, Shulamit Bat Fegaliba. Okay, so. Uh, we begin a new book this, uh, this week. We, we, we begin the book of Bimidbar. Bimidbar, we say numbers. And it's interesting because we begin this week's Perashah, we talk about numbers. And Moshe Rabbeinu is told to count B'nai Israel. He's told to count all B'nai Israel. And when you can count B'nai Israel, you're going to count them from what age? From 20 and up. 20 to 60, right? Just the men. Just the men. And now, and then later on, we're given the command to count the Levi'im. And when we're going to count the Levi'im, we don't count the Levi'im from 20 and up. We count the Levi'im from one month, 30 days and up. So we have a few questions. Also, we see that when we count the Levi'im, we only have 22,000 Levi'im, and that includes Levi'im from one month and up. That's half as many as the smallest tribe. So it says, the question that the, the rabbis ask, why are there so few Levi'im? You would think that in Mitzrayim, the Levi'im were the only ones who weren't subject to the slavery. So you should have more of them. So we see that there are a number of answers. The Ramban, he suggests, and he says that because B'nai Israel, the rest of B'nai Israel were persecuted by the Egyptians, then Hashem gave them a specific blessing that they should all the, all the things, then they had the multiple births. He says, but the tribe of Levi, which wasn't subjected to the slavery, didn't have any miraculous, miraculous births. The Ora Chaim HaKadosh, he quotes the Ramban, he's not happy with the suggestion, and he offers his own unique, a very interesting one. He says, the Gemara says that Amram divorced his wife after having two children. He had a boy and he had a girl. He had Miriam and he had Aaron. His rationale was that they were taking the babies and throwing them into the water. And he didn't want to participate in that. Of, and because he was the Gadol Hadod, what happened? Everyone else did the same. So it says, when Amram had second thoughts and remarried his wife, the Orach Hayim suggests, and it's a speculation on his part, that the rest of the Levim did not do the same. That they didn't want to. And the rationale supplied by the Orach Hayim, I never heard this before. He says that, they were not subject to the same horrors as the other Jews. And therefore, they appreciated the life they led and they appreciated life in general more than the others. He says they simply could not bear the thought of bringing children into the world only to have them thrown into the Nile. He says, ironically, because the other Jews suffered so much, he suggests they appreciated life less. And he compares it to people in certain parts of the world. That they appreciate life less because life is not so. He says, 
And if you compare the analogy to us today, to us even Eretz Yisrael or going, growing up in America, how every life is so valuable and important, and you see it in some of the people around us, where life is really not as important. He says that that's the idea that a person has to, has to understand. He says the rest of Bnei Israel who themselves lived unbearable lives, were not as frightened by the idea of bringing children into the, this world, who would have a miserable lot in life as well. It's a startling idea, he says, the Orachayim, he says, but it's something you have to think about. It's, it's staggering to believe that, because you would figure they would be keeping mitzvahs and prove And so how did Hashem, if they made a decision like that, to blow off a seaboy of Hashem? No, he says, we see though, he had a girl and a boy, so probably they kept it to the minimum. They didn't have the multiple births that the others had. And therefore, you see that they had much less. You have to come up. What was the reason they had much less population? Yeah, I know, but that one's a hard one. He's saying it's because of Hashem. So there's two possibilities. One is he's saying because Hashem didn't make them have multiple births. The other is it was on them because they said, you know, I have a boy and a girl. But Enough. They, but even though they saw everything around them, they were still happy with their life. What was going on? They weren't slaves. They were. Yeah, but I guess they they, they, they appreciated saw, life more. Maybe that's I think what he's suggesting. It's a hard, it's a hard one to swallow. Yeah. It's a very hard one to swallow. Now the Baal Turim is interesting because he comments on this idea of of uh, of Amram divorcing his wife, and he says he says the interesting. He compares the pasuk Vayelech Ish. You know, Vayelech Ishmi Bet Levi. He compares the pasuk Vayelech Ishmi Bet Levi. Where do we also see this pasuk? We have Vayelech Ishmi Bet Lechem Yehuda. So we have this pasuk very similar in uh, Megillat Rut. Vayelech Ish. So when, when Amram went back to his wife, what did he do? He went back to her, and through that they have Moshe Rabbeinu, who's basically the savior of Bnei Israel. You know, we always suggested that Elimelech, he had this idea, Alai Melech, I'm the king. He had this idea that for the Mashiach to come, we're going to have to bring the Mashiach in some way out of Moab. But where do we have proof of this idea? So he, he brings here the Baal Turim, maybe. He's saying that we have proof from here, because we're using the same words. When, Moshe, when Amram went back to his wife, he went back with the intention of bringing Moshe Rabbeinu, the savior of Bnei Israel. He says that when Elimelech went to Moab, he went with the intention of bringing the Mashiach. He understood that there had to be a way to bring the Mashiach from Moab, and therefore he says he went to Moab in order to bring the Mashiach. So we judge him harshly, because maybe he shouldn't have done it, but he had this intent. The Bach, in a sefer called Meshiv Nefesh, shares an interesting idea. He says, Elimelech did not perform a wicked act in the book of Ruth. He did not abandon his people. He acted Leshem Shamayim. He really wanted to go and figure out how to bring back a daughter of Moab in order to bring the Mashiach. Just another, another idea that I never heard. Those I both saw from, uh, from uh, Rabbi Fern, Fran. But then go back to the, I want to go back to the question before. With regard to the Leviim, why do we count the Leviim from one month? And why do we count B'nai Israel from 20 and up? So the purpose of counting B'nai Israel from 20 and up, we say, is because those are the ones who are going to go to war. The army, those are the ones to go to war. But with regard to the Leviim, 
Why are we counting the Leviim from one month and up? So Rabbi Mordechai bring, Chamenetsky brings a story. He says when his father opened up the yeshiva here in, uh, in the five towns, South Shore, he brought his father, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, to show him what he was doing. And they showed him each of the grades and what they were learning, and it was the first couple of years of the school. And he said he brought, they brought him to the, to the nursery. And the teacher in the nursery was so proud because she showed them how nice they were teaching these little, little kids that they should grow up to learn. And she showed them the door. And in the door of the nursery... We know the halakha is to have the mezuzah at the bottom of the top third of the door. Where did she do? Because as little kids, she put the mezuzah down low. And she says, we did it over here so that the kids should have a chance to kiss the mezuzah. And the reality is you don't need to have a mezuzah in a classroom. Because you only need to have a mezuzah in a place that a person's going to dwell. So when people think you don't have to have a mezuzah in your office unless you're sleeping there, you don't have to have a mezuzah. In the shul, unless he's sleeping there, you don't have to have a mezuzah in the, in the school. So she said, we put the mezuzah low so that the kids should be able to kiss the mezuzah every time they walk into the class. And Rav Kamenetsky says, no, you know what you should do? Put the mezuzah where it's supposed to go and then put a little uh, steps over here so the kids can climb up the steps, kiss the mezuzah, and then go into the classroom. And he says, why did he suggest that? He says, Rambam, that all B'nai Israel are like Levi'im. And Levi'im, we take them from a month old. Why? Because it's Kodesh. It says all B'nai Israel are now in our time like Levi'im. We're all Kodesh. We're all holy. And what do you have to do? You have to lift someone holy to reach higher and higher. Don't let them reach low. You have to, you have to push your kids to reach higher and higher to go. And I think that's a good thing for Mother's Day. Because really the fact is we're sitting here. And who's the ones who really raise our kids and do all the hard work? And do everything while we're running around. Our wives. So they get the credit for raising the kids. And Mizrat Hashem for, that, for, for what they've done. The beautiful job that they do. The beautiful job they've done. They should be zocher to be blessed with health and happiness. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen. Yes, you're on now. Unless I edit out. <laughs>